0: My name is Sharon and today on the podcast we will be speaking about spiritual discipline for this is this is a season of spiritual discipline and it is so important that we have self discipline in our lives i'm going to read this quick paragraph about self discipline so you may get the theory and the theme of self discipline disciplining yourself you have been praying for a change in your life you are entirely in the same place in your walk with christ god is willing to help you but it contains your intimacy and your part you need to search for what is stopping your seeds growing and your relationship with god for example you are struggling with lust you are on your knees praying to god to get rid of your sin every day but you don't discipline yourself to stop the sin you run towards the sin you don't discipline yourself by running away from the temptation. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25 to 27 talks about how an athlete is disciplined in training in order to win a prize. They work hard to reap the best. To discipline yourself is to feed your spirit with the word, example, to become strong in order to get disattached from your sin, is to discipline yourself and focus on Jesus. So what he's saying here is that. Let's turn to one Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-five to twenty-seven. Hold on with me. Actually, we may start from twenty-four. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 to 27, NLT version, New New Living Translation version. Don't you realise that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an internal prize. So I run with purpose in my every step. I am not just shadow boxing I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should otherwise I fear that after preaching to others I myself might be disqualified <clears throat> for example a hundred meters race is coming up soon for an athlete and in order to win that prize you're going to have to work from it. You're going to have to work hard to receive what you, what you want. For example, you sow what you reap. In order to get something that you desirely really want, you're going to have to work for it. For example, an athlete, they have to discipline themselves. They have to train themselves by eating healthy, for drinking healthy water. For example, if they eat fat food, if they, drink, if they don't drink water all the time, if they don't exercise or train themselves, they are more likely to get they will get lazy to train because of what? Because of the fat. Bear in mind, we win. We run to win an eternal prize, heaven, by making every single step with purpose. We are running. We train ourselves, we discipline ourselves, and every single thing that we do, we make it with purpose. When we read the word, when we pray, we make it with purpose. And we are disciplining ourselves. You know how we're disciplining ourselves? By doing the thing that God wants to do to read the word, to pray, for an example. And then we discipline ourselves, training our body to do the correct thing. For example, if our flesh wants to agitate, if our flesh starts to pop up with sin, we discipline our body in prayer and worship and studying the word so the flesh can decrease, for so the Holy Spirit can increase. If we do not discipline ourselves, we may get disqualified, we may not enter the Lord's kingdom because without the word, without prayer, without fasting for example, we are more likely to be disqualified. Without a connection or a personal relationship with God, you will not enter the Lord's kingdom. Without discipline, we will become lazy and give up easily. So, I'm going to be saying the eight tips of spiritual discipline. So, number one, studying, studying God's word. Number two, prayer. Number three, fasting. Number four, worship. Number five, confession. Number six, disciple making. Number seven, fellowship. And number eight, rest. I'll say it again. Number one, studying God's word. Number two, prayer. Number three, fasting. Number four, worship. Number five, confession. Number six, disciple making. Number seven, fellowship. Number eight, rest. So let's start studying God's word. Psalms chapter one, verse one, verse two to three. psalms chapter 1 verse 2 to 3 but they delight in the law of the lord meditating on it day and night they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do god delights in those who meditate on his word day and night because you know as we start reading the word we are getting spiritually fed we are eating god's word as we eat god's word we become spiritually more hungry we get more hungry for god's word because the power that has been added to god's word when god declares something it has power added upon it and that makes us that makes us want god more it convicts our hearts and it makes us please for God. Number three, they're like t- trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. For example, they never wither, they, ne- they never shake, then they're easily not deceived by this world, but they are bearing fruit abiding and remaining in the lord and they always prosper in what they do every single thing they do a a good outcome will come out of it they are not shaken by this world for an example if, if they are persecuted they are not shaken they are not having faith in them they don't they don't for example they don't give up in Jesus, they don't give up in Jesus Christ. It's because they are always in the Word. They know what the Lord has promised to us. They, they know what the Lord has for, for, has for them. So that's why they never wither. That's why they're not shaken. This is why they're not going for every, every after deception, deception, deception. It is because they are planted in the Word. The seeds have the word in them. The word is written in their hearts. The word is written in their minds and they they are they are in Christ for fruit they are growing every single season every single season they are growing because they are planted in the word the word is so important 2 Timothy chapter 3:16 All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are doing wrong and teaches us to do what is right. If we do not discipline ourselves with God's word, we will become spiritually weak and it it causes open doors for demons. All scripture that we read, all the Bible that is that we read daily is inspired for God and it's useful for our lives. Every single scenario that we go through, every single problem that we go through, it is in the word. The solution to all your problems, it is in the word. If you want to know more about God, it is in the word. The word, the word, the word that's, that we have, God has given us his word to teach us what is true. So we do not fall into deception. To make us realise the wrong in our life. To show us what we are doing wrong. Because God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. And he does not want us doing the things which are wrong. And as God has given his word upon us. He makes us to, He makes us reflect on our life saying. We are doing the wrong thing. Let us change ourselves so we can do the correct thing. It corrects us when we are doing wrong. And it teaches us to do right. It gives us the to the the ability to know the difference between right and wrong it gives us wisdom. It is all God breathes and gives us wisdom, teaching us to do the correct thing, teaching us to do the thing that God will be pleased with, God will be pleased in what we have done number so number one study god's word and this line if we don't discipline ourselves with god's word we will become spiritually weak and it causes an open door for demons. It opens the door for the flesh to interrupt. It opens the door for the flesh to come in and start taking over you. For bear in mind, sin is out a door crouching, knocking on it, knocking on the door. And as we open that door, as we do not read the word of God, we, as we open that door, sin will start coming upon us. Pride, jealousy, Lust will start coming towards us, and we start to question ourselves: why am I sinning more often than I do? I never used to I never used to be like this. It is because of your lack in the word. The word is what God has left for us. Let us not take advantage of his word, but let us make his word useful because it is useful for our lives. So number one, study God's word. Number two, prayer. Matthew chapter six, verse six. It says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. You see prayer prim- prayer is like communication between you and god for jesus has died on a cross for us he now has allowed us to have a relationship with god so just how adam and eve before he said had a relationship with god like he could talk to god as jesus had done on a cross for us as i said now we have the ability to talk to god and when we pray we are in communication with god we are praying to him we 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 are talking towards him and when we pray to our heavenly father he listens to our prayer if we pray with all our heart he will listen his ears are always open to his children his ears are always opened and when it says to go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private let's bear in mind that god speaks in the quiet places as you enter the secret place God speaks in quiet places as you enter into the secret place. If your mind and heart is too loud, how is God supposed to how is God supposed to speak? If you're filling with ears with spiritual music, with um secular music, if you're filling with ears with rubbish and deception, how is God gonna be able to speak to you? How is gonna be God gonna be able to give revelation and truth towards you when your when your mind and heart is just filled with junk? You must withdraw your time for God, and as I mean by this, we should make time for God. We have twenty-four hours in a day, and let us bear in mind a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. So imagine that you're also not praying or reading a word from the day for for a day, a thousand years will just go by, and it's like to God that you have not talked Him in a thousand years. It will feel like this. This is why prayer is so, so, so important. We have 24 hours in a day. At least spend time with God. At least spend a decent time with God. Because the amount of power in your life, the amount of power God will give in your life will depend on your spiritual life. It will depend with your communication with God. It will depend on the amount of time that you spend with God. It will, it will amount in that. And Jesus, he shows us the importance of prayer. For example, if you read Matthew chapter six, verse five to five to eighteen, it shows us the the importance of prayer. And it shows us that we should not be prideful during prayer. We shouldn't be saying, "Oh, I'm praying." We shouldn't be hypocrites praying, because you just only be rewarded for that. But if we close the door, if we shut the door, and we come in into into the secret place praying with all our hearts every single day denying yourself by prayer reading the word you'll be rewarded you'll be rewarded for denying yourself you'll be rewarded for giving yourself up just for jesus let's go to matthew chapter 21 verse 22 You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. An effective prayer comes from a faith-filled prayer. If we pray with doubt, how are we going to receive anything from God? For God wants us to trust him because of what he does for us. God does not want us to doubt him every single day he He does not want to he does not want us to doubt him because of who he is. God is an amazing God anything you ask for truly he will give it to you but also for like, to have an effective prayer you should also ask for god's will God's will to be done because God has a plan for every single one of us jeremiah twenty nine eleven he has plans not to destroy but prosper you in your life, and if we don't discipline ourselves with prayer, our communication with God and relation will be be disconnected. What I mean by this as if we do not pray, every man mind it will be like a thousand days to the Lord, and the communication with God and relation with him will be broken it will it will like disconnect, for example. To text someone on the internet via social media, you need to have Wi-Fi. And if you do not have Wi-Fi, you're not going to be able to send your message to God. It's just like you're not going to be able to send your message to your friend. It's just like praying to God. If you do not have the faith, you will not be able to send that message you want to God. That message will just be thrown off because of your doubt. Faith is putting your trust in God. And let us always be put our trust in God. Always, always in our life. And bear in mind, prayer isn't always about gaining, but losing. Prayer is the death of the flesh. Prayer makes your flesh squirm. It makes your flesh cry, and it, and it kills your flesh because of the prayer. For God is an, an, an almighty God. And as we pray... The flesh comes weaker and weaker and weaker. Let us not increase our flesh. Let us not grow our flesh as we do not pray. Let us weaken the flesh. John 3.30 I will decrease so you can increase. So, number one, study God's word. Number two, prayer. Number three, fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable, and it's hell so people admire them for fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you comb your hair, and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting. Except your father. Who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything. Will reward you. What I mean in this. Is that. We shouldn't be hypocrites during, during fasting. We should never. Be prideful during fasting. We shouldn't make people love us. For we are not here to be loved by people. We are here to break the truth to people. And as I, as I say like this. Jesus gives rules to us about fasting. And he does not want us to be prideful. Telling people about fasting. He does not want us to say to people. Oh I, I'm fasting. I feel so sick. I don't feel so well. To make people like us. Because that's the only reward you'll get. The only reward that you'll get. Is for being a hypocrite during fasting. Making people like like you. That's the only reward for what you get. But when you humbly fast. When you do not be prideful and arrogant and ignorant during your fasting. God will reward you. Fasting is like abstaining from food for a period of time for God. Spiritual dependence. And it grows your faith. What I mean by this is giving up food for a time. Giving up either food or water or both for a length of time. So you can put your focus on God. It is yourself putting, away from, putting yourself away from this world. And entering into the heavenly throne of Jesus. The heavenly throne of God. You're walking towards him and you're fasting there. You're in the, temp- you're in the temple fasting towards him. Matthew chapter 4, 1 to 2. Then, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Jesus was led away from this world to be tempted by the devil. And fasting is really important. Fasting is actually really important. Many of us leave it to us aside. Many of us are actually truly so lazy to fast because they cannot live without food. If Jesus was able to fast for 40 days, you can be able to fast for at least 24 hours. You should be able... You can be able to fast for like two days. You can be able to do that. And you know what? Fasting... Fasting helps us for afterwards. It says here in the world that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For temptation, when it comes in the future, and when you're finished fasting, you're going to be able to beat that temptation because you gave up yourself just for God. You gave up your things for the world. You gave up the food in this world just for Jesus. And let us bear in mind when it says, led by, by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was away from this world. He was away from his disciples. He was away from everything. And he prayed to the Lord and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was put away from this world. His eyes were on the Lord. He was praying towards him. Without discipline or fasting, we are easy to get. Weaken the spirit and desire for God may fade. What I mean for this is that if we as much do not fast as we should, our desire for God will fade away. Sin will start propping our lives slowly but slowly because you do not fast. It is so important that we fast. Many of us, we push the fact away that we should be fasting. Some of us, we push that fact away and it is dangerous that we do this. It is truly dangerous. Fasting would truly increase your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> number one, study of God's word. Number two, prayer. Number three, fasting. Number four, worship. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29. Give, us, give to the Lord the glory that he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. You know what worship is? Worship is yourself giving your attention towards God. Worship is adoration, giving your full attention towards something. But some of us in this world, what we do, we give our attention to phone more than God. We are on our phones more than we spend time with God. That's how some of us are. We are, we are on our phones for eight hours, but we only, spend, we only spend 30 minutes in prayer. We only spend like 15 minutes reading the word. This is, in a season like this especially, this is not good worshiping as we worship the lord jesus as we give glory to what he is what he deserves we are showing him we are showing him according we are responding to him according of his worthiness how good he is how loveful he is how faithful he is how graceful he is as we come into his presence and we worship the lord in all his appearance it gives him it gives him joy to see his children worship and praise him for all he has done. It makes him happy. As we worship on in as we worship to Jesus, we put our eyes on him. As we give him the glory and the praise and the honor in his presence, we are putting our minds on him, not our phones. We respond to him. We praise him, we we jump in joy because of who he is. We worship. You know when you're when you're worshipping and singing, worshipping and singing are two different things. You can be singing without putting your attention towards the singing. But worshipping is when you put your full attention and you put your whole heart singing the song. Your eyes are just on Jesus your full attention just on Jesus that is worship if we don't discipline ourselves with worship to to Jesus our attention will be on this world and Jesus our attention will be more f- our minds will be on this world and our eyes will be on this world Coloss- colossians chapter 3 verse 2 it speaks about to set our minds above not on this world But if we set our minds on this world, it will lead us to destruction. The wages of sin will be upon us. But if we put our eyes on Jesus, eternal life will be given upon us. Number five, confession. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness when we tell god what we've done you know the meaning of confess confess is when you admit you admit your guilt and you see what you have done and when we humble ourselves before god and we admit and confess our sins with our full honesty, with all our hearts. He is faithful in us to forgive us. To forgive us. Remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He died so we can be forgiven. We can be made whole. We can be made healed, and we can have a relationship with God. He did this all for us, and for us to be cleansed. For us, to, for our sins to be washed away of all the wickedness. Some of us some of us we don't actually see that we are actually forgiven by the lord and this is this is something what can block god's forgiveness god's forgiveness upon you if you yourself are on is are on un, is unforgiving and you're yourself not meaning your that you're sorry that you're sorry some of us would just say god i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry When we actually do not mean it we end up going to do it again And it's different if you're trying to get rid of the sin. But some of us we actually do not mean. We do not mean what we have done. Even God is still willing to forgive us. Let's bear in mind unforgiveness makes God not forgive us. It says it in the word. If we are not forgiven, how is God supposed to forgive us? How? God wants to cleanse us of our sins. God wants to wash our sins away and wipe all off. But then we still show unforgiveness to other people. We still commit the sin willfully. It still doesn't make any sense. You know, a true believer repents. They daily repent. They have a life of repentance. Every single day they, they confess their sins. And when they confess the sin, and they ask for help from the Lord... The Lord will help them. The Lord will truly help them, and they will overcome that sin because of confession. When we confess what we have done, the Lord will forgive us. The Lord will have mercy upon us. For example, when Peter denied Jesus three times, and Peter went on his knees before Je- Peter went to- Peter went on his knees towards Jesus, and he was crying. He asked God for his for for, for for forgiveness. And Jesus could see the sorrow with him within, within him. And he was and Peter was forgiven. Because of what kind of confession? When you confess your sins towards God with honesty with, with your entire heart, you shall and you will be forgiven. John three sixteen. Everyone knows this first. So God for God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son to die so we can be forgiven and have eternal life. Let's not take advantage of what Jesus has done for us. If we don't discipline ourselves with confession, it will it comes it causes pride to be puffed up in ourselves. What I mean is that, what I mean is this is that, if we don't repent, if we do not confess, sin will be added upon our lives. It can, make us, it can make us prideful. It can make us say, oh, I'm a struggling with sin. God does not mind of the sins I'm doing. When God's actually sad. We are called to live holy. We are called to live righteously. But then bear in mind, when we confess our sins to the Lord, he will forgive us. But he wants us to change when we forgive. When we repent, repentance and forgiveness are two different things. Forgiveness, also God for forgiveness is saying, God forgive me. But repentance is saying, help me not to do this again. Forgive me and help me not to do this again. I do not want to do this sin again let us stop let's start confessing our full sin to him because he is merciful to forgive us his arms are his arms are open saying I will forgive you for your sins only if you are confessing, you give and you say your heart to me he's willing to forgive you he is willing. number one study of God's word number two prayer number three Fasting number four worship number five confession number six disciple making Luke chapter 19 verse ten for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost you know see you know how we were lost in this world. You you know how we were following this world, how we were, lusting over people, how we had pride and we had pride, we had jealousy, with all the sins within us. Jesus came into our life, to save those who are lost. He came to seek and save those who are lost. He did not come here. To serve, but to be served. He came here to save those, who. Who are entering the who are going to enter the kingdom of hell they do not repent he came down here he showed where he preached the gospel he he's he said he lived the will of god he pleased god with his, with his entire heart jesus came here to save the lost we are ambassadors of jesus so, let us be sick, let us seek souls, not this world. Some of us we fear to preach the gospel because we are scared of what our friends will scare, will say. We are scared to lose our friends, we are scared for judgment of people. Do you care about the judgment of God or the judgment of people? Some of us we are scared of persecution, we are scared that we are going to get killed. Jesus. Jesus was crucified. Peter was crucified upside down. James was killed by a sword. They did not they was not scared of death because they knew they were doing the correct thing. They didn't seek this world, they seek Jesus alone. They preached the word of God. They preached the message of go- the gospel message and they was not scared of the consequences because they knew what was had for them in in heaven, what Jesus has for them in heaven. If no one is going to spread the word, we should be bold and go do it. Just how Peter's word, Peter's word pierced the Israelites' heart. We can pierce their hearts too. Saving souls Reap tears away from the Lord's eyes. You know God cries for the for the unsaved souls in this world. For the souls who are still running, wandering today. Looking for satisfaction when, when they cannot even find a satisfaction. Because satisfaction is only found in Jesus. And you know when every single time that we save a soul. We ourselves. Jesus. A tear is wiped from his face. We reap tears from his face. And he is pleased. This is how Jesus left the 99 just to find you. He cares for that one sheep. We are called to be imitators of Christ, which involves preaching the gospel. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It calls us to be imitators of Christ. And Jesus also preached the gospel. So let us go and declare in boldness the name of Jesus. If you get persecuted, if you if you get pushed away, don't worry, because Jesus is always on your side. Matthew chapter twenty eight verse nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is a command by Jesus for us to go make disciples. It is a command for us to make more disciples. It is a command for us to go preach the word. Baptizing them in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus has done his job. He came down here. He showed the way he died on the cross for us. He did his job. So let us now do the job what Jesus has done. Let's continue his work. Let us expand disciples. Especially in the generation which we live today. It is an awful generation. This, this generation is full of sin. And when we when we save our souls, they Will go spread out the word. They will will say their testimony. Because it says in Romans. It tells us how beautiful are the feet of messengers. How how they go out and say. And they say the gospel message. The reason. That we don't make disciples ourselves. Is because we we don't discipline ourselves to. We are too lazy to do it. We say to ourselves, oh, we have much time. I'll, I'll just do it later. There is no later. You don't even know if you're going to live tomorrow. You don't even know the time of your death. And when you go up to your heavenly, heavenly father, and blood will be upon your hands, this is not to make you feel guilty. This is to say the importance of spreading the word of God and spreading the gospel. This is the importance Let us not be lazy, but let us save like how Jesus saved. Number seven, fellowship. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. all the believers devoted themselves to the post- to the apostles' t- teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in the meals including the Lord's supper and to prayer you know fellowship is when you gather in a group together that is fellowship when you have a relationship with other people for others of saved we have brothers and sisters in Christ we have brothers and sisters And you know, to be with Jesus is about being united as as body of believers, strengthening and encouraging and building faith. As we are together, we are whole, the body of Christ. For there's a head and there's a body as we are in the body of Christ. We are in the body of Christ. We should not be scared to gather with other believers. Because when we gather with other believers... We strengthen, we encourage, and we build the other's faith. John chapter 17, verse 21. This is, this is what Jesus prayed in the, in the garden of Gethsemane before he was crucified. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me father and i am in you and they may be in us so the world will believe you sent me i'll read it again i pray that they will be one just as you and i are one as you are in me father and i am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me jesus prayed not for us to be isolated he prayed for us to all be one. He prayed for us to be together. Just how Jesus and the Father are together. Just how you and I are in the Father as we abide as we remain in Christ. God did not does not want us to drift away from other believers. He does not want us to be scared to meet other people because of our past trauma. As we come together, we build the we build the church. For example, the spiritual gifts that God has given to us, it is to build the church, it is, it is to unite the church. And when we come together as one, as all the believers come together, it will make others believe that he was sent. It will make others believe that Jesus was sent to this world to be saved. As we say our testimony, that's how we strengthen each other. As we say our testimony as we, as we met Jesus, it strengthens other people's faith, it encourages others and it builds the people's faith. It does all of this and includes motivating each other. And if we do not discipline ourselves towards fellowship, it may cause isolation and bitterness within us. It will make us think and no one loves me. me. It will make us think that we have no friends, that we have no one. It will make us think that. But Jesus has, gives us, has given us brothers and sisters, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, for us, so we can be motivated, encouraged, strengthened and building and built and built by faith. Number eight: rest matthew chapter 11 verse 20 28 then jesus said come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest jesus offers the gift of rest some of us, we overwork ourselves too hard. As we overwork ourselves, it gives us stress. It gives us anxiety. And if we overwork ourselves, it makes us too tired. God, he has given us the gift of rest. As we become tired and weary and we carry heavy, heavy burdens, we're just like, oh no, I forgot to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Give it to give it to God so you may rest. He has given you that gift of rest. Just how God rested on the 7th day creating everything on this world you have that day of rest use that day of rest do not overwork yourself too much For Psalm chapter 127 verse 2 it is useless for you to work so hard for from early morning until late night anxiously working for food to eat for god gives rest to his loved ones god loves us so much that he gives he gives he gave us rest it is useless for you just to work so hard without yourself resting it is so useless because to the point you're going to feel like giving up you're going to have anxiety you're going to have stress within you it warns us here to not overwork work ourselves. But we must discipline ourselves in, in healthy sleeping patterns. We must discipline ourselves in rest. In eating healthy. So we, the next day, can be energised. So we, the next day, can walk with God because we are happy, we are energised. We have the gift of rest and we are happy. We are happy. We rest peacefully as the angels of God among us so let's start number one study God's Word if we don't discipline ourselves with God's Word we will become spiritually weak and it causes an open door for demons number two prayer if we don't discipline ourselves with prayer our communication with God and relation with him will disconnect number three fasting without discipline or fasting we are easy to get weak in the spirit and desire for god may fade number four worship if we don't discipline ourselves with worship our attention and adoration will be on this world than jesus confession if we if we don't discipline ourselves with confession it comes it causes pride to be puffed up in ourselves. Disciple making number six disciple making. We don't preach the gospel because we don't discipline ourselves too. We don't tell us to preach the gospel. We get weak, we get lazy, we get we're just like we don't have mercy on other people. We just say oh they're evil, we should leave them out. God does not tell us to do that. You're just too lazy to preach the gospel. Let us just get up. Let us get up and work for the Lord. If you're not for the Lord, you are against the Lord. If you're not working for Jesus to expand his kingdom, you are against him. It says it in the word itself. Number seven, fellowship. If we neglect fellowship, it causes isolation and bitterness within us. And rest. Number eight, rest. Rest and sleep is a gift from God as he, as he gives it to his loved ones. If we neglect the gift of rest, we will carry heavy burdens which are not needed and we will overwork ourselves. Too much to the point that we get tired and we give up. Thank you for listening for today. This was on spiritual discipline. I hope this touches your heart deeply. And let us discipline ourselves to the very end before Jesus comes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.